Welcome to About the Winelands. In this show, we'll be chatting to leaders, influencers, wine producers, restaurants, winelands businesses, and other role players. Tune in every Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday for our latest episodes. You will find us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram TV, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, and Spotify. Good day, everyone, and welcome back to About the Winelands. Today, I'm talking to Paul de Villiers. Paul is the owner of Lanskruen Wines. Welcome to About the Winelands, Paul. Thank you all. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here this afternoon talking to you. You have a long history in the wine industry. Can you tell us a bit about yourself and um, how you became involved with the wine industry? Yeah, maybe I should take it back. Uh, a bit further, it all started in 1689 when three de Villiers brothers arrived in South Africa from France. They came from a little town called Niort uh, in La Rochelle and they started farming in the Franschhoek Valley. Uh, one of the brothers, my ancestor Jacques, acquired the farm Boschendal that we still know today as Boschendal. They farmed there for about 100 years and uh, uh, in, in Franschhoeker, then they moved to Boschendal. Uh, and then in 1874, uh, the family decided to move to the Achterpaal where we are now. They started on the farm Vialte Frieden. And then later on, my granddad bought uh, two adjacent farms. And in 1963, my late dad and his brother bought the farmland Scruen. So we consolidated the four pieces of land and we farmed it under the name Lanskruen since then. Uh, wine has all, always been made on the property and, and was mainly sold in bulk. But uh, in 1974, exactly 100 years after they moved here, we started bottling uh, our own wine under the name Lanskruen. The first one was a Sinso. And uh, I, of course, grew up on the farm and uh, enjoyed, you know, working on the farm during holidays and, and so on. And I think that's where the love for farming and eventually winemaking comes from. Oh, that's amazing. Amazing story, right? And um, you've been on the farm, obviously, your whole life. Um, are you um, one of the winemakers as well? Yes, and I, when I started here, uh, I actually, after, you know, the normal uh, uh, studying, at, uh, I studied at Elsenberg and I took a course in cellular technology, first uh, viticulture and animal husbandry, and then uh, cellular technology, and I did my practical at uh, Paderberg Wines in 1979. And towards the end of 1979, I started here with my dad, who was then the, the winemaker. And, uh, you know, uh, within the next two years, we made quite a few changes because the business uh, excelled a bit, uh, especially with the establishment of state wineries. Uh, I think when we established uh, the Lanskron wines, uh, there were only about... 27 private owned estate wineries and then of course the 
a number of co-ops. And where we've got today, probably about, what, 500 small wineries. So it grew into, you know, quite a large business over the years, the old wine industry as such. Well, that's interesting. Tell me, Paul, um, our listeners would be interested, what is the difference between um, an estate and a, and a cooperative winery? The, 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 in those years, it was uh, uh, the establishment of an estate of grapes or sell grapes if you're if you registered uh, make wine from the grapes from your own farm. We later deregistered, so uh, we were only then known as Lanskron wines and not Lanskron estate wines. Uh, that enabled us to buy in grapes if we wanted to, or buy in wine and then blend with our own wines. Uh, but still today, uh, most of the time, everything that we produce uh, or we sell in the bottle comes from our estate. If there's a shortage of some wine at a certain stage or we had a bad year, for instance, for pinotage or whatever, then we can buy in I, there are not a lot of estates uh, as such remained, you know, uh, because I think most of them saw the benefit of maybe buying in some grapes at a certain stage or maybe buying some wine. But at that stage, I think it was a good idea uh, to, to uh, you know, establish this own, own, own private bottling of wine and, and have the terroir and, and also the, the specific area demarcated as an estate or a private seller. Oh, that's interesting. So when people come to your estate, um, you know, what can the guest experience when they come there? Uh, Lanskron is probably more well known for their reds. About 90% uh, of our crop is red. We have 15 uh, different cultivars. Uh, ranging from Sin, so you know, Pinotage, Cabernet, Merlot, the whole range. We've got a few uh, not so well known cultivars as well, like uh, Petit Verdot and Malbec. And then we also have four port varieties that we use to make port wine with. Nowadays, we're not allowed to call it port anymore, but that's the style we make. We call it Cape Vintage. And it's, that's normally a blend of four different cultivars, Portuguese, Tinta Amarela, Suzhou, which are uh, one of the few cultivars that has got a, a red juice. And then uh, Toriga Nacional is the fourth one. So those we use mainly for making port left over. Uh, then we'll make a dry wine from it and, and sell that as a dry red in bulk. We don't bottle it as such. And then, of course, the stalwart uh, whites, the Chenin Blanc, a little bit of Chardonnay. Sauvignon Blanc, we buy in because the area is quite hot here. And Sauvignon Blanc doesn't work that well, but we got the market for the Sauvignon Blanc. And then uh, a very well-known uh, cultivar or wine is the Blanc de Noir, which means uh, white from red. If you translate the word Blanc de Noir, which is a French uh, a descriptive name, and we make that from Pinotage. It's an off-dry pink wine, lighter than uh, rosé, 
So uh, it's very popular in summer and you can actually just drink it or have it with uh, something like salmon or something like that. So that's more or less the range that we've got. So we've got 20 wines on our wine list. Uh, so that makes uh, when, when people come here, you know, they can taste these wines. We've got a food and wine pairing, uh, two different ones, a more expensive with the Paul de Villiers wines, which is uh, a range that we select the grapes uh, and put more of that wine in newer oak. It, uh, we mature it a little bit longer. So that's a more expensive wine and we use that specific pairing with those uh, four. We've got four wines in the Paul de Villiers range, four reds and one white, which is a Chenin Blanc, which we also uh, ferment and uh, mature in, in uh, French oak casks. Then, of course, there's uh, what people enjoy here. It's normally a bit uh, quieter than some of the other very busy estates. Uh, we've got a lovely view. Uh, people can have picnic lunches here if they uh, you know, uh, organize that beforehand. We can we can organize a picnic lunch for them, and there's some nice play area for the kids. Uh, we've also got uh, walkways through the farm that people can walk around, and and then we've got the these bicycle routes that uh, people can do the mountain biking. Uh, I think there is a link on our website that where they can have a look at how that is done. Well, that's awesome. Um, you also have a, a cottage on the farm where people can come and stay. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Yes, we've got a cottage here and uh, it sleeps for, it's normally for a, like a family, small family, you know, uh, and uh, it's self-catering and uh, it's, you know, these, uh, this cottage is, of course, during the week or weekends. They can also have a look at the website or they can just phone the farm and find out if it's available. And um, also a very nice view, you know, if people stay in the cottage, uh, they can look towards uh, Table Mountain in the evening and you've got that lovely view of the area from uh, the southwestern slopes of Powell Mountain. Wow, sounds fantastic. Paul, tell me, um, your wines, um, where are they sold? Um, um, are you exporting any of your wines? Are you concentrating on the local market? How do you do it? Yes, we make use of Vinimark uh, to distribute right through South Africa. And then uh, about 50% of our wines, just a little bit more than 50% is sold locally. But we've got about 25 uh, countries that we export to some, you know, small others a bit. Bigger. We've, we, we do quite well in Africa, uh, Namibia, Botswana, and then Tanzania, and also Zanzibar and Uganda. We tend to do quite well in those countries. And I think it's mainly because of all the lodges and sightseeing there and a lot of tourists coming to those countries. Uh, and then we have a uh, company in Minnesota, in the USA, which... Uh, you know, they, they service a few states from there and then different uh, agents uh, that sell our wine there. 
uh, and also in China, we, we've got an agent there that we export to. So it's a, we try to cover uh, the area, you know, the bigger area if, if we can, and we try to get new uh, agents in, in different countries. We're busy now with one in Turkey. Oh, that's interesting. So um, the other thing that I was wondering, um, you know, uh, it sounds like you've got a global footprint. But um, the coronavirus, you know, the coronavirus has forced everyone to rethink their business model. We've been in lockdown now for a while. Things are reopening. But um, do you have any new changes or ideas in mind? Yeah, I think all of us tried the online uh, business, uh, you know, online sales. And uh, it worked quite well. But what we found is, you know, the delivery of those uh, orders, it, there seems to be a backlog developed backlog developed uh, for those orders because a lot of wineries have, have done that. And I think the companies that do uh, deliveries didn't really expect uh, the online orders to grow grow that as, as it did over the last two months. We, of course, couldn't uh, deliver everything uh, we couldn't deliver. So we had to wait for the next next stage to open up that we can start delivering. So there was a, a, a quite a big uh, number of uh, orders that, that had, to be had to be delivered uh, suddenly. And I think that, that was the, the, the one problem. But I think that's a thing that one can look at in future as well. Uh, when everything gets a bit more calm, uh, that uh, the type of sales that uh, a lot of wineries will look at and will try to to make better in future. Um, I was wondering about you know delivery. Do you think that um, because of everything happening, that uh, you know more courier companies will come to the party and that delivery charges nationwide will actually start dropping a bit? Hopefully that will happen. I think after you know this uh, period that. Uh, a lot of deliveries had to be done in a short period of time. Uh, uh, one that, that does that type of business, I'm talking about the courier companies now, will probably relook their whole strategy and, and how they will handle it in future. But I think the main, the biggest problem was all of these orders, uh, although it came in over a period of two months maybe I had to deliver everything. All of the wineries experienced the same problem, you know, that was such a big uh, amount of, vast amount of wine that had to be delivered and that's now the problem. Well, everybody wanted their wine but on the same day, was, right? You know, within the next week. That's the thing because everyone <laughs> was uh, starting to run dry. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully that will be sorted out soon. I think I think it looks like things are you know slowly um, creeping back to normal, and um, uh, so hopefully that that will happen. So Paul, your wine journey has been long, and, and you know um, what is the most important thing you've learned from your wine journey? I think the the you know the whole wine making every year there's a there's a new thing that you learn and that you try from time to time. One has your recipe, you know, that works for you. Uh, later on, you know, which cultivars work better on which soils and uh, the styles that you think will work better in the marketplace. Uh, but it's an ongoing, you know, making a change here. There are small changes because you can't really make big changes and then 
change your style completely because you've now got a, a number of wine lovers that like your wine. So nothing really happens fast in the wine industry. If I can say that, you know, you've got to take it just too quickly and do the basics right. You know, it starts from the, in the vignette. Make sure that you plant that uh, on the right soils. Do the basics right. Don't let, uh, let the uh, vines bear too much because with red, you know, you want to keep the quality and you don't uh, want to have too much uh, quantity, then eventually your wines would be lighter in style, not uh, as it should be. Rainfall might have been lighter, it might be a drier year, so as we had about two years ago. And you've got to make changes in your winemaking process to uh, ad ad adapt uh, in that instance. Okay, that's interesting. So Paul, if you have to give us your favorite wine quote, or uh, do you have your own wine quote? I would love to hear that. Uh, I think <laughs> there, <laughs> there might be a few ones, but I think it's important to, to enjoy a good glass of wine uh, every night. Uh, you don't have to buy expensive wines, but if you think the wine is good, then you can drink that. Uh, you hear a lot of uh, comments from different people, how the wine must be tasted and what you must look at, the basics you can do. But if you like, uh, or you get that question many times, you know, what is a good wine? Good wine is a wine that you enjoy. Uh, and then you, you build on, on that and take it from there. Your taste will change over the years. A good wine that you like. Oh, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much. If people want to get hold of Lundskron, how do they get hold of you guys? And if they want to order, how do they do that? Uh, the best would be to uh, go to the website. There is a, a page where you can order or you can just phone uh, uh, Lundskron uh, on 021-631-1039. Okay, that's awesome. We'll put all these links down in the description. Well, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Um, uh, very interesting. Thank you so much telling us a bit more about Lanskrun. And I'm sure that um, you're going to be able to welcome visitors to your farm again Thank soon. you, Will. Thank you for supporting our show. If you would like to get more exposure for your business, please have a look at our sponsorship options. Thanks again for supporting About the Winelands. Please follow us on YouTube and on our social media channels. All details and links are in the description.